Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna, and this is the Culips English Podcast. You're listening to Chatterbox, the Culips series for intermediate to advanced English learners that features natural conversations between native speakers about compelling topics, trending current events, or hot issues. Today, I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hello, Anna. Hello, Andrew, and hello to everybody listening as well. So today, we're going to be discussing a topic that has to do with well-being, stress, mental health, careers, and all of those fun things rolled into one. Because we're going to be talking about burnout. Burnout. Yes, that's right. And I think it's probably a term that many of our listeners have heard before. It's kind of a buzzword these days. In fact. And Anna, even maybe some of our listeners, but hopefully not too many of our listeners, but maybe some have even experienced burnout personally. Definitely, burnout can be a huge, huge life challenge. So I hope that too many of you out there haven't had to go through it. But I think it's something that a lot of us, at least on some level, can relate to. Anyway, we'll be chatting all about this topic and sharing our own personal experiences and opinions about it. Of course, along the way, we'll be breaking down and explaining interesting and important vocabulary as it comes up. And for all Culips members, there's a study guide and an interactive transcript for this episode, along with an ad-free version of the audio that includes some exclusive bonus content. Yeah, that's right. And actually, we make study guides and transcripts for all of our episodes, and they're designed by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills. And reach your learning goals faster than ever. And as a Culips member, you'll also get some amazing extras like invitations to our monthly live streams, full access to our member-only fluency files series, and much, much more. So to learn about all the details and to sign up and become a Culips member, please just visit our website, which is culips.com, and you can do that. We'd also like to give a shout out to one of our listeners with the username TCTK six six eight nine, who recently left us a five star rating and a lovely little review on Apple Podcasts. Andrew, would you mind reading the review for us? Yeah, Anna. While you were reading that username, I was wondering if that's a shortened form of the word TikTok. Perhaps、oh, I, I don't know <laughs> TikTok with all the vowels removed. Anyways, let's call this person TikTok just for fun.、Uh, this person wrote, "Hi, I moved to the U.S. three years ago, and I couldn't speak English when I arrived. Unfortunately, I tried to learn English throughout the pandemic, and it was not easy for me. Luckily, I found Culips, and while I was listening to you at first, I couldn't understand anything." But I didn't give up. I continued to listen. If you want to learn English, you should listen to Culips regularly. It's impossible not to develop your listening skills. Your pronunciation is so clear, and the topics are so interesting and immersive. I know I still need to improve my English, and I can do that easily thanks to Culips. So, TCTK six six eight nine. Thank you so much for that amazing review. And you're doing a great job. Your English seems very excellent based on your review there. So keep going, don't give up, and we know that you'll be able to reach your goal quickly. Thanks so much, TikTok six six eight nine, and keep up the great work with your English. We are here cheering you on. Let's get started with our conversation about burnout. 
And I'd like to begin this episode, Anna, the same way that we begin many of our episodes, and that's with a definition. It's just a great way to make sure everyone's on the same page and knows exactly what we're talking about right from the start. So Anna, I will put you on the spot here. (laughs) Would you like to take a stab at it? Could you let us know what your definition of burnout is? Of course, not a problem at all. So burnout is a state of feeling really, really tired and stressed out. It's like you feel mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausted. Burnout usually happens when you have too much stress. Maybe it continues for a long time without being managed or taken care of. And really, it can happen in any part of your life, maybe work or relationships or both. Exactly. Yeah, that is a fantastic definition. Now, for all of the visual learners out there, I think you can imagine this expression in your head, kind of. Like, what pops into my mind, at least, is I think of a little camping stove. You know those little camping stoves that are fueled by the gas canisters, Anna? When the gas canister is full, it has lots of energy and it can power the fire to light the stove without any problems at all. But when that gas keeps burning and burning and eventually becomes exhausted and empty, then there's no more energy left to keep the fire burning and the fire just burns out. There's nothing left. So just like one of those little gas canisters, when people have used all their energy dealing with a stressful situation, like you mentioned, it could be at the office, or maybe it is a kind of dysfunctional family relationship, or maybe it's even just a big personal project that you're going through. You know, you're juggling too many things at once, too many responsibilities at once. Well, any of those things can lead us to burnout. We have no gas left in the tank. We have no energy left to give. And we just feel drained and exhausted. Andrew, I'd like to start asking you, I guess the first obvious question is, have you ever experienced burnout yourself? You know, I was thinking about that while we were preparing for this episode today. And I don't think I've ever experienced burnout in a serious way. I mean, Of course, I'm human. I'm like everybody and everybody can feel tired and stressed and frustrated from time to time. And sometimes those feelings make you want to just give up and quit. And I certainly know that feeling like just nothing's going your way and you're tired and you're frustrated and you want to quit. So I've had that feeling for sure. I've had that feeling many times in different aspects of my life, in my professional life at work. I remember when I was younger and I used to play music a lot and I played in bands. Sometimes after a band practice, if things just weren't going well and you felt like you weren't making any progress with your music, you felt like just quitting and giving up. I've even been in some relationships with some ex-partners and even some friends in the past where I felt like things weren't going very well and I just wanted to give up. So I've experienced that feeling, but I can't say that I've ever been burnt out to the point where I just couldn't recover from. At least my feeling with burnout is it's something that really takes you out of the game for a long time. It's like you need some time to recover before you can come back. But in my life, I've usually always been able to bounce back fairly quickly. Like that feeling disappears pretty much after I have a good night's sleep or something, then I can get back in control of things. Anna, how about you? Have you ever experienced burnout? 
for me, I'm in a similar situation. I don't think I've ever experienced pure burnout. I think I've definitely gone through some periods where I've been working a lot. And for burnout for me personally stems from work. And then the fact that you're burnt out at work then starts to affect your personal life or other areas. So for me, it's very much a work-based thing. And there have been times, I remember when I was working in the UK and there have been some really important projects I was working on that had really, really tight deadlines. And it was kind of burnout maybe over a very temporary period, but it wasn't something that was a long-term thing. Fortunately, I don't think I have been through a really serious case of burnout. However... I do remember when I was a teacher, and this is something that can really affect teachers and lots of other professions as well, but I do know a lot of teachers can feel burnout purely for the workload. I mean, that's one of the key things about burnout is like a heavy, heavy workload. All the things that you have to do and not having enough time to do them or having to do a lot of overtime in order to actually do the work that you're just supposed to do in your normal hours, working on the weekends, working late at night, it almost feels like you have no time to do anything else. Your whole life is consumed by work. And I know, I do know some other teachers who have experienced burnout just purely from a heavy workload. And I do know that it affects a lot of different people. But then I do think there are some people who they have burnout, but they're almost workaholics as well. So I think there is an element of that is like almost sometimes burnout becomes the norm for some people. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, maybe if you are a workaholic, you just get used to it, right? You're like, oh, this is just what life is. This is how things are supposed to be. And you might not even realize that you're burnt out. That could happen, I suppose. One thing that I just thought of while you were talking about teachers, Anna, is that as a teacher, you have to work with many different students And sometimes those student relationships can also be extremely demanding. If you have a challenging student in your class, sometimes even when you leave the school and you go home at the end of the day, you're still thinking about your relationship with that student, maybe how you can help that student or how you need to operate your class to make the class successful if you have a student that causes a disruption in the classroom. I'm thinking more now about, you know, high school teachers and maybe even elementary school teachers. But those teachers that have to deal with students like that, you know, they can't really turn that switch off that like, I'm at work, I'm at home switch. It's always going. And something that my wife has told me before is like the dreams that she hates the most are dreams that have to do with work. Like if she has an office dream, which can happen from time to time, right? You have a dream about being in the office. And she's like, I hate those dreams because that's my personal time. And it's like, I feel that same stress of working even when I'm sleeping. So I think maybe people who can flip that switch really easily, like this is my work time, this is my personal time, and they don't let the two mix, maybe that's a way that you can avoid burnout. But it's probably really person to person and also profession to profession. Some professions are really easy to do that. And I think others, the work just carries along with you throughout your whole life, really. Yeah. You know, the lines become very blurred, as you said before. And I think that's also made worse by things like homeworking. Sometimes it's very difficult to separate what's my home life and what's my work life. And another profession that pops into my head, kind of this normalized burnout, is 
the medical professions, doctors, nurses. I have family members who are who are who are nurses and they work so much and so many hours and they switch between shifts and it's a very stressful high pressure job as well. So I'd be interested to know what some of your strategies are Andrew and you mentioned there about being able to switch on and switch off. I think one of the most effective strategies for me and something I'm still learning to do by the way guys is about being able to say no when you need to say no. You don't have to say yes to everything. And you don't even have to say yes to something that you think, oh, maybe this could be a really, really good opportunity for me. Or maybe this would be really good if it's going to mean that it's going to put a lot of pressure, it's going to put a lot of work on you. You're not going to be able to do it very well because you're going to spread yourself too thin. Guys, this is a beautiful expression, but basically if you spread yourself too thin, you don't do anything really very well. It's better to do a few things, but really well, rather than to spread yourself too thin and not do anything very well at all. So for me, saying no is really powerful because I think a lot of us, we just always want to say yes. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll stay late. Yeah, I'll do that extra project. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll do the work on the weekend. So saying no can be really powerful, but it's really actually very difficult to do, especially if you're like me and maybe Andrew, the same as well. And you guys listening you know, you always want to say yes to things and help people out and go the extra mile and go above and beyond. But sometimes if it's going to be to your detriment, it's not always a good idea to do it. I don't know what other strategies you have as well, Andrew, about managing stress and preventing this type of burnout situation. Yeah, it's a good question. I definitely agree with you that knowing when to say no and what you can take on and what you can't take on, knowing your limits as a human is really important. And that's something that I've got in touch with over the years, I think. And now I feel like I have a pretty good handle on that. And I try not to take on too much extra responsibility. I think also setting aside some time where I do no work at all is really important. So I'm lucky in my life that I have work. I get to do work that I really enjoy. I love doing the podcast. I love teaching English. It's really aligned with my interests and my passions in life. And that makes working really easy, right? I'm very lucky in that regard that I'm not one of those people who wakes up in the morning and just goes like, oh, I got to go to that office again, or I got to do this job again. Like I've experienced that in the past. I've had jobs in the past that I really hated for many different reasons. Maybe it was the coworkers. Maybe it was the work itself. Maybe I felt like I was just underpaid and overworked. For many various reasons, I felt that way in the past, but I don't feel that way anymore. So every day when I wake up, I don't have that feeling of dread or not looking forward to the day ahead. So that's amazing. Like that really probably helps with avoiding burnout right from the start. But like you said, having these boundaries about what you can and can't do and also about taking time, like setting apart time for myself, for my family is really, really important. So usually because of the podcast, I have to work a little bit on the weekends. The weekend is when I do QLips, but I always make sure that I carve out some time for spending time with my wife on the weekend, no matter what. Like even if we're behind schedule with a QLips episode, And I feel the pressure, like we got to make a new episode. We have to release a new Qlips episode. I know that's important. And I know there are always people expecting a new episode and wanting to have new English study content. Guys, don't think I'm not prioritizing that because that is a big priority in my life. 
but it comes second to spending time with my family each week. So I do definitely make sure that I carve out some time to spend with my family, with my wife. And uh, yeah, that's really important. And I think that helps avoid burnout in my case. Yeah, definitely. I'm the same. I've definitely spent a couple of years where I haven't been as active as I was before. So now during the week, I carve out some time, as you said, to just be outside. Being outside for me is really, really, really important. Being outside, not in the house, because I work from home. So that kind of time that I have every week, I set and I put it in my calendar, which means I will actually do it. And I will prioritize that over responding to an extra email, for example. And I think, look, it's different stages of our life, right? When we're younger, we want to take on a lot of things and we kind of have more capacity to do more because maybe when we're younger, we don't have as many responsibilities or we don't have as many things to take care of. And I think it kind of depends. I mean, when you have a family and you have children and I don't have children, so I don't fully understand, but there's just so many things that people have to worry about. They have to think about and is burnout more common these days than ever before? I don't know, maybe. I mean, there's just so many things that people have to deal with and some people just kind of grit and bear it and get on with it. And then for other people, it's really, really difficult. Everybody's different and everybody deals with stress differently. But there definitely are people that I've met throughout my career that I think have had burnout. And some people are able to take time off sometimes the strategy is to actually take some time off work. Sometimes people take leave and maybe it's a couple of months, maybe it's four weeks and they take leave from work to get over that. And sometimes it is just about making some of these small changes to make your routine a little bit more manageable. I mean, I don't know, Andrew, what you think in terms of responsibility, like do you think that employers or organizations have a role to play in helping prevent burnout with their employees? That's a great question. I think, yeah. I mean, that kind of arrangement is a relationship, right? A company has a relationship with their employees. And ideally, you would want that relationship to be functional and a good relationship. You want to have a good working relationship. And if somebody is burned out and stressed and unable to really do their job well because of that, well, then that's not good for the company. And it's also not good for the employee. So there's a problem there. So it makes sense, in my opinion, for the company to want to avoid burnout in their employees so they can have a healthy, productive workforce. That just seems to be a no-brainer, in my opinion. So I know that there are a lot of progressive companies who give their employees like mental health days, right? If you're feeling stressed, you can take a day off just for mental health. And of course, there are some rules in place so that this isn't abused. But yeah, I think there are a lot of examples of companies who do this. And as a result, the employees feel thankful to the company. And they also feel like, well, I'm working for people who care about me. You don't want to work for people who just don't value your time or your health or your well-being at all, right? So yeah, I would say, in my opinion, definitely employers should be concerned about their employees' health because overall, it probably affects the bottom line and ultimately could make the company more money, more profit if their employees are at their best. 
Absolutely. And I mean, you know, worst case scenarios, the person has to take time off. And obviously that means then they're not working in the company. So it's in the company's best interest. However, I do think that a lot of companies and sectors and industries actually are built on the fact that people work an excessive amount of hours. So they're kind of built on burnout, essentially. So, you know, I think it has to come from the top, really, for me. You have to have a management team that appreciates and understands that employee well-being is important. And then that filters down. That's really important for me. I think if it doesn't come from the top, it's very difficult to then set a good example. Because if you have people at the top not leading by example, then that just filters down and everybody copies So if they're kind of burnout and they're working a lot and they're not taking care of their well-being, then that's kind of the impression that people think. They're like, okay, here in this company, what we have to do is work loads of extra hours. And that's the only way that we can be successful. That's the only way we can move up. Whereas sometimes it's just nice if your manager asks you, are you okay? Is everything all right? I remember a couple of people have asked me that before. A manager in the past sort of asked me like, is everything okay? Like, are you all right? And I was like, well, no, actually, I'm not okay. And, you know, and then it opens up that conversation, which is really nice, you know, when somebody just asks you, are you okay? And is everything all right? Sometimes that's even just enough to uh, that somebody appreciates and acknowledges that you're working hard and you know that they're aware of that. So yeah, it's a difficult one, but I do think it's a situation that a lot of people are are going through. And like I said before, everybody reacts differently to stress in a different way. So burnout for one person is very different to burnout to another person. You know, we're all different and we all experience and deal with stress differently. Anna, I've got one final question here that I'll throw out to you before we wrap things up. And we'll bring it back to learning English because that's why we're all here, right? So I was thinking, you know, English learning burnout could be a thing. Is it possible for someone who's learning English to feel burnt out from the process of studying English? Oh, definitely. I think so. Learning any type of language is frustrating. You have to put in a lot of effort and sometimes you have to put in a lot of effort for what is sometimes not a big reward initially. So the results are very much in the long term, which is like the most demotivating thing ever. You're like, okay, yeah, you know, you need to learn a language for 20 years. I mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't exactly make you sort of want to get up and go, does it? So yeah, definitely. I think if you're studying for maybe an exam and you're practicing a lot and you kind of reach a point where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know where I'm going. I'm not seeing the progress. So yeah, anything where you're working a lot or you're under a lot of pressure for something, then it's that feeling, isn't it? Like you said, and I really identify with that, like waking up in the morning, you feel bad when you wake up. It's thinking about the day ahead or thinking about the things you have to do. It's not a great feeling. So yeah, sure. Why not English (laughs) burnout? I will go with your theory, Andrew. And listeners, we would certainly like to hear from you as well. Probably you would know better than us if English burnout is a thing. And I'm actually curious because in South Korea, where I'm based out of, a lot of companies will require their employees to have an English test score. And you don't necessarily need to speak English well, but you need to have the score. And I think this is especially important for getting hired at a company to have that on your resume, you know, maybe they're not making the 60-year-old veterans who have been at the company for 30 years go and do an English test every year. But for their new hires, it's like something that will make you stand out from the competition is having that high English test score on your application. Is it the same way in Spain? Is that something that Spanish employers value? Yeah, definitely. I don't know the ins and outs exactly, but I know that definitely if you're applying for a certain type of job in Spain, they will be expecting to see an English qualification. And normally I would say maybe at the minimum a B2 level, which is a significant level to achieve. So some people have classes at university in order to pass that module because it's normally a module that's kind of part of the course 
as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, um, guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah, it's definitely for certain roles, for certain companies, it's a must have, to be honest. It's not a nice to have, it's a must have. Okay, so yeah, then I could definitely see people considering English as just another part of their career almost, right? So it's just like any other kind of annoying job task. But Anna, I hope that our listeners are not burnt out from hearing us talk about this topic today. We didn't grind it into the ground, did we? No, I hope not. I hope you were all able to follow along and you enjoyed that as much as you could talking about burnout. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the most optimistic or fun topic, but it is a realistic topic that many people are experiencing around the world these days. So it was fascinating to talk about it with you, Anna. But everyone, for now, I think we will wrap things up. So thank you so much for tuning in and studying with us. We hope you enjoyed this discussion and found it helpful for building your English. This episode was made free for everyone to listen to because of our awesome member community. And without our members, Qlips wouldn't exist. As a token of our thanks, Anna and I are going to keep the conversation going for just a little while longer in the ad-free version of this episode. If you're a Qlips member listening right now to this episode, well, then you should stop and you should go to the member dashboard so you can download the ad-free version and listen to that bonus content. If you're not already a member, consider joining to gain access to our helpful study guides, transcripts, fun bonuses, and to support the work we do here at Qlips. You can also support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube, telling your friends who are learning English to check us out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review on your favorite podcast app. So that's it for us, guys, but we'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you all then. Goodbye. Bye.